the revolution will not be televised. The revolution is here. Yes, people. Man, it felt fitting to come into a little sip sent from Common. You feel me? And in part two of, well, in part two A of this week's Echo Chamber. Yo, it was so fat. I had to split part two into two. That, that's what we're doing today, people. We are packing in the flavor, trust me. So we look at a, a really, a really great documentary about graffiti and street art, right? It is called Duality, a graffiti story. So, um, yeah, we're going to start off with that and then we get to talk to... Well, in this part, we speak to the director. In the second part, we speak to one of the artists featured. So you do not, you do not want to miss either of these people. Trust me. Trust. And like, I don't bring you shit. You feel me? When I have someone on, it, it's straight knowledge dropping. And that's what you're going to get right here. So... Let us get things started, shall we? Okay, so people, as promised, let us start things off with a look at duality, a graffiti story. Yo, so people. It's funny, right? The other day, I forget who it was, but I was having a conversation. Um, I feel it was on one of these interviews, right? Um, <laughs> which I have no clue if it's out yet or not, but about storytelling, right? And what documentaries offer to people, you know? And I, I, I think this new documentary called Duality, a graffiti story is a really good example of that, right? Because I think there's so much which, you know, you could get from this, right? And you, when you think about graffiti, you know, it's just like, where do you start? Do you start from the very beginning or do you follow certain people, you know, certain places, you know, it's a global thing so yeah where'd you go right so i was extremely interested to um see what ryan doling has done right so doling he directed it it's written by um dan adams um it is produced by lucy soja Executive produced by Matthew Helderman, Grady Justice, Nikki Steyer Justice, Brandon Miller, Justin Miller, and Luke Taylor. Dolan, he also handles the cinematography, and it is edited by Chase Honaka, Chris Lundberg, and Goldie Rankin. And the, uh, the piece itself, it follows um, 
some real pivotal names currently, you know, in, 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 in recent times in the whole graffiti era, as it were, right? So um, we will get to those names. <laughs> but, it, you know, there's, I kind of feel there's no point, you know, repeating them. Um, so let's, this is the basis of what, right? So once brushed aside, even deemed criminal, graffiti has since paved the way for many successful, credible artists today. With duality, these street artists some for the first time, some maintaining a strict code of anonymity, discuss their journeys from tagging to becoming respected icons in the cities they um, serve with pieces that are awe-inspiring in scope, size, and complexity. They have collectively proven that their genre of art is something that can influence culture, invoke emotion, inspire, and cultivate community. Their rise has not been without challenges and criticism, but today they are admired by throngs of fans, and oftentimes the art they produce brings in revenue from household name brands and worldwide corporations. No longer relegated to back alleys, their works can be found on main streets, on the faces of landmark buildings, and in fine art galleries. Mm -hmm. The perception of graffiti and street art has changed over the last couple of years. And with this documentary, um, Dowling wanted to shine a spotlight on not only that, but how these talented artists cultivate a deeper sense of community and help businesses thrive. The term vandal is flipped on itself in this documentary that showcases the dual nature of what being a graffiti artist is like today. They have proven that art is something that can influence and give character to an area. With duality and partnership with Buffalo Eye, um, they get to share this story. And we see, right, Jewel Streets from Houston. Uh, Sloke, a.k.a. Nate Nordstrom from Austin. There's Mears, a.k.a. Jonathan Cohen from New York. Also, a.k.a. Five Points. Right, Jabba or White Ninja, or what was the other one? I think it's like El Ninjaro or something like that. Um, it sounded fly from the West Coast. And um, Never, AKA Jonas Never from Los Angeles. And also uh, Maria Flagella Cecile, who co-founded Five Points with um, Cohen Nevers, right? So, Mears, sorry. So, um, yeah, it's it is a really just uh fascinating piece, right? Because it, it, it's looking at these different individuals and we get their interpretation of what all of this is, 
And I think it's funny, right? There, there's one bit where um, Jabba, because, yes, yeah, some of them, you know, we don't see their faces, right? And Jabba's talking, he's like, oh, yeah, the police, um, who else? He said someone else. They're like, yeah, they're our enemies. They're our nemesis. You know what I mean? They're trying to stop us. And it's a bit like, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you can kind of understand, right? Because, you know, although graffiti is an art form, you know, it always has been an art form, the canvas which is utilized is not always, not always to everyone's, you know, approval. <laughs> you know, so yeah, it, it, it's like, um, you know, if you tag up, you know, like a train, let's say, train company ain't gonna be too pleased, right? So they want you, you got. But then some organizations will go, hey, you can use my wall, you know, which we are definitely seeing a lot more of, right? You go, especially like when you walk around London, there's certain areas, you know, there's um these old uh, train tunnels near London Bridge. And is it London Bridge or Waterloo? It's one of those stations, right? I think, no, it's Waterloo. Yeah, it's near Waterloo. And they've kind of turned it into this whole kind of graffiti spot, you know what I mean? So, and I think they do like graffiti classes and all of that kind of stuff down there, which is a little, you know, but I think a, a, a spot, you know, it's all because it does. And this is the thing that gets talked about. It adds character to a place. You know what I mean? The, you, you, you get a soul. There's some places, you know, they're just kind of, granite cities you know just concrete everywhere they're just cold but then suddenly you see like someone started to do murals and things like that and it's just like oh shit that's crazy man that that looks great right and it get it starts to get its own character its own kind of spirit right and that adds something to uh, to a place so with this, you know, we we follow these different artists and they talk about their experiences and, you know, how some of them have kind of, I think all of them actually, have, have, have done a lot of corporate work, right? And how, you know, back in the day, you know, you, you'd have to try and do it late at night and, you know, you're, you're avoiding getting arrested and, you know, the, the different kind of reasons, you know, like some people are like, oh, I just like to get my name out there, right? It was just like the more my name is out there, people recognizing my name, that meant something, you know? And that was one of the things where some people are like, mm. I don't, people don't need to see who I am, right? Because it's not about that. It's about people looking at the the pieces and being inspired or motivated and enjoying the work, which, yeah, I definitely can understand that, right? It, it, sometimes it's not about the recognition, 
you know you're not really doing it for that now there's things that come with the stuff that we do you know but that's not the the reason like everything got started like with this it's like the reason we're starting wasn't oh let me make a lot of money it was just like yo I let, you know I enjoy talking about films I enjoy having conversations that's the foundation of it all and that's what they're saying you know it's like it, it, it started from this thing you know this acorn where they just like yo we just wanted to put art out there you know and now it, it's become this a little bit of a corporate thing you know like to make money to make the big money yeah you have to take those commissions from organizations like Nike and EA Sports and you know like football teams basketball teams all of that kind of stuff Facebook right that's how you make your money you know um but you then got you know because like we're, we're seeing galleries do big exhibitions around graffiti and street art and that kind of stuff and you know one it was a real interesting point that was made you know well firstly they were talking about the difference between street art and graffiti right which you can i mean you could say is the same thing but there is a difference right which you know an interesting they did point out right there is this difference in the two you know graffiti is more kind of um Oh, is it iconology? No. Shit, typography. That, yeah, that's one thing. It's more letters, right? Now you do, some people do have that, the little logos, right? And we see different logos and things that like light bulb and the, the, the you know, Jabba's face and all of this kind of thing. But it, it, it's a lot of it is mainly text. But then, then there's also this different type, which was, very interesting, right? We get this kind of understanding around like the bubble text and the, uh, there's other forms. I forget what they were called, but we learn about that. But, you know, street art, it's a different thing, right? You, it's more stencils and, you know, it's a, a bit of a different approach, but, right, you have now visits moving into galleries and things like that. You have people that haven't necessarily been on the streets doing this for time, right? They might do one or two bits on the, on, on, you know, outside, and then they're in the galleries, and they'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm this, right? Which is, it is an interesting thing, because I think we see it in everything, right? You, you have, you know, it's like when you think about rap. You have people that do the open mics, that go out every single night. Back in the day, there was people that I would see, almost doing shit with like Def Jam and stuff. You would see certain people every friggin' night, every friggin' night doing their thing. You know, man slim, like skinny man, right? Always saw skinny doing his thing. But then, you know, rap 
gets more popular. So, you know, you have like these, these studios then kind of cultivating someone, you know, just like auditioning and you, you know, like you know, when they form these boy bands and things like that, right? And so they, they're not, they've not done those open mics, right? But suddenly they're, they're all over the place, you know? And talking about, oh, yes, this, you know, there's been this struggle and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you've got the people that have done the struggle, the being out every night, be like, yo, what the fuck is this dude talking about? Right? And so we, we see it in all facets of life. So it's interesting watching this and hearing these artists talk about, like, that aspect of it, you know? And then it's just like, yeah, we, we get this. Because I remember going to Berlin, and I believe it's like a section of the old wall, right, that is now um, just devoted to graffiti. And you can go and graffiti there, and, you know, there's all these different pieces. Like, uh, some of it I enjoyed, some of it, nah. But, you know, that's like all art, you know? But it's like, there's more and more places like that all over. There's a place in Brixton, you know, um, that's like all devoted to graffiti and stuff like that. So you have these places, you know, which started off as just, you know, some spot that some artists found, did their thing, and then it becomes like mad popular and becomes a tourist attraction. And then it changes. Right, it completely changes, and that was a big thing. Slokes kind of breaks down, right? How like notoriety, popularity kind of twists the game, right? And, and sucks the enjoyment out of it in a, a lot of ways. You know, he talks about being burnt out through corporate work and. You know, the, the fact that it's like now, you know, you have these spots and you'll do some work, but then people, you know, tourists will come and other people come and just write all over it. And it's just like, yeah, kind of seems kind of crazy. So it's just really, really interesting, right, this, this whole thing. And we learn about, I think it's VARA, right, this legal act, which is there. Not many people know about it. I certainly did not, which is there to kind of help protect artwork. And we learn about this whole crazy situation, crazy situation that happened at Five Points, which, yeah, a little insane, a little insane. But, you know, what then came out of it, you know, this stairway museum which we see, it is pretty incredible, you know? So, I mean, if you like art, if you like graffiti, street art, I think you will definitely want to check out duality, people. You really do. Because all of these people that we see, right, each one, you know, like, Jabber, right? Mears, Jewel, Nevers. Their, their work is so different. Like Nevers, it does these murals, 
the some of these murals look like freaking photographs. It's insane. It really is insane. And he like the interesting thing about like Nevers was the fact that you know there's everyone's talking about the tagging and, and, and this and the repetition, right? Getting that thing out there so people will see it and then they start to oh that slopes oh, okay that's that's jabber right they, they get to know that kind of thing but he was just like oh, i didn't really want to do a thing over and over again right so he then explains his approach right so these different artists all have different approaches but it's all coming from the same place right this joy of creating and it is so fascinating looking at these different styles. Yo, I saw Slokes do this thing with a cam, which I even know, right? I, I'm blown away by like, what, what he does, because it's just like, I've never seen that, right? We, we have him interacting with this, um, with this kid who um, had, like, a book which he carries around. So when he sees, like, artists he likes, he gets them to do a little thing in his book. And, like, Slokes kind of, like, break, you know, shows him how to do some stuff. And it's just, like, really fascinating. It really is fascinating, right? And it, it's incredible that, you know, Dowling was given just this sort of access, that these people were down to talk to him, you know? Do you think there could potentially be repercussions? Maybe. But yeah, it's the, this insight is great. So yeah, if you enjoy art, if you enjoy graffiti, if you enjoy street art, all that thing, you will not want to miss duality, a graffiti story, because, boy, it, it's just... Yeah, mad interesting people, and it is available, right? You can pre-order it, or you can jump on any of your favorite VODs, and you'll be able to grab it there, you know what I mean? So yeah, definitely people, go check that out, and yet again, AJ comes with the goodness, right? Okay, people, now we've done that, let us get into our conversation with director. And um, he wore a few hats on this one, right? But yeah, it is was so great to talk to. So, people, let's bring in Ryan Dolan. Okay, people, so I'm here with Ryan Dowling, who is the director of the really interesting documentary, right, Duality, a graffiti story. Um, Ryan, thank you very much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. I really yeah. enjoyed the documentary. Ah, thanks. Well, and, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. And I know there's a bit of a time difference from uh, the U.S. and England, but uh, yeah, it's good to be here. <laughs> hey, no worries at all. No worries at all, man. Um, duality, that, this is your feature documentary debut, right? 
That's correct. Yep, that's my yep first feature. Like, what made you choose street art graffiti? How like how did this come to be, as it were? Sure. Um, I wouldn't really say I chose it. I I kind of just fell into it more so. Um, I I knew one of the uh, artists in the film, uh, Duel. I knew I knew more on a personal level, and uh, you know just really admired his artwork and stuff like that and uh, really just went out to film what was going to be a short uh, piece on him and uh, did an interview with him and you know filmed with him for a week or so and uh, you know he just just the way he spoke you know in the interview the things he was saying you know just were just profound enough where I was like this is a kind of a bigger story and um and uh, just kind of seeing how people interacted with him, seeing him on the street, stuff like that. Um, you know, he's very well known and, um, you know, people knew of him when they, they obviously didn't know his face, but they, they could recognize his artwork when he was out in the, in the city, you know, painting and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, it was almost like seeing a celebrity or something like that. Mm. So just, uh, just based on, you know, that um, initial filming session that i had with him um i kind of uh from there conceptualized more of what i was like this could be a feature and could be longer and um so yeah it started with that and it kind of just grew from there and uh dual introduced me to smartest um and i kind of just you know took it one step at a time interviewed another guy and then you know a year later i interviewed six or seven different artists and uh you know had this story that we were able to cut into a uh a feature doc nice because i thought it was really interesting with the different people you spoke to because everyone had a different style which then you you know i mean you're looking at one person doing stuff and then you see this completely different style and i think you sometimes will think of graffiti street art as one thing but you see someone do something complete i think it might have been um god who was the one that did i think it might have been never 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 nevs yeah never mears sorry mears oh mears yeah yeah. i think it might be mears that did the portraits was it mears were doing the portraits uh yeah he's done some um portraits um he's done like the joker uh and other characters like that uh never has done a lot of uh sports figures um ah it it was i think it was never's then because it was just like there was a kobe a lebron there was like the Uh film stuff which you're looking if you're like that ain't that ain't like what what right is that a a photo like it looks so realistic and so you're seeing these different styles and it's so interesting and just the different everyone's different take on the work and doing it was so interesting like when you know Jewel put you in contact with people was it like an intention to find people with diff- like such different styles to come together for the documentary or was it did it just happen that way 
a little bit of both, I would say. Um, I definitely wanted to uh, kind of show, I mean, because I learned so much, you know, after I started uh, following these guys and, uh, you know, interviewing them, getting footage of them. And I just, I learned so much. And I, I knew that I wanted this film to be appealing to everyone, not just, you know, people who like graffiti and like street art. And so I wanted to kind of get a diverse um, roster um, that kind of shows, you know, the difference between graffiti and street art um, and the different types of lettering and basically just the, the, the graffiti and street art world as a whole and really explain all the, the differences and the nuances between each of the kind of like the sub genres of each art basically. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of, yeah, like I said, it was a little bit of both. Um, I sought out some and then some just kind of fell into my lap that way. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Now do you like, what's your kind of, what's your jam with all of this? What, what, what kind of stuff resonates the most with you? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Um, as far as like art forms or <clears throat> yeah, the, the different styles of like street art and graffiti and just all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would say, I mean, the, the coolest, um, I mean, me personally, I think the wild style, the graffiti wild style, like the very intricate interwoven type of lettering, um, that graffiti writers do, I think, I think was kind of the coolest for me. And it was kind of the, yeah, it, it was it was cool to see them paint, um, mm. it, especially Sloke and Mears doing the big, very intricate, wild style pieces that you see in the film. Yeah, um, you know, and then obviously the big, uh, huge murals um, that uh, Duel is doing, and um, and you know Never's doing with the portraits, and uh, and then a Jabber doing with his his uh, icon, you know, his mm. Jabber head. So there's 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 a bunch of uh kind of different varieties in there and and it, it's hard to pick one you know like who's your favorite <laughs> kid but uh I, yeah i think the wild style kind of st stuck out to me the most for sure it's kind of that pinnacle of graffiti i think mm. um, people work their way up to you know the wild style stuff they start out with throw-ups and bubble letters and kind of progress because it is i think the mo more like the most complicated type of uh, uh lettering that they do yeah it was just watching them do it that was the craziest thing because it's just like wait, wait what did you just do there <laughs> you know what i mean and like i didn't because when you look at it it, it you know you don't really see lines or things like that it's just all all kind of just this thing that just is there being and it was just, I think Sloke was showing a little kid. Like, he was a little kid came over and was like, oh, can you sign my book? And blah, blah, blah. And just that interaction was crazy. But then he was just like, hey, take the cam. Fill in that for me. And then it was just like, yo, just turn the nozzle like that and you get that effect. I'm just like, this is insane. I didn't know that's what you, like, you turn a can and you get this effect. And you just, like, that just blew me away. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a. Uh... Yeah, they have tons of different uh, caps that do all kinds of different patterns and stuff like that. 
but I mean, you know, can control as they say, and, um, you know, really mastering, um, precision, um, is what they're really good at. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, when you watch the wild style being created, it's almost like they're just kind of like spraying a bunch of random lines. And then at the very end, it's just like, bam, and it all comes together. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to watch for sure. Mm. Now growing up, like what was your kind of viewpoint on, you know, graffiti and art as a kid, you know? That's a, that's a good question because I, asked that to a lot of people and I got a lot of different responses. Um, as a kid, I mean, I, I grew up in Houston um, and I was kind of more out, you know, in the suburbs. So graffiti really wasn't too prevalent out there. Mm. Um, you kind of had to go into the city to get more of that. Um, so I think, you know, I, it's a tough one because I, I mean, a lot of people say, you know, it's it's vandalism and it defaces properties and stuff like that. And I, I think there can be that component um, and there can be the gang component, which I know is related to a lot of it. Um, but, you know, I think the perceptions changed a lot and it's, oh, yeah. it, it's evolved. And so, um, yeah, I really enjoy it. I mean, now I, I absolutely love it everywhere I go. I you know, can't help but to notice, oh, look at that mural, or oh, look at that piece right there, or oh, there's a jabber head, you know, I'm driving mm. in Texas, and I see a train pass by, and I see a jabber head go by, and I know he's, you know, on the West Coast, so um, <laughs> yeah, the perception's changed a lot. Um, it might have not been so good when growing up, but, you know, now I absolutely love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah, I, I think that's the thing. Like, now, there's like courses, you know what I mean? Learn how to graffiti. And like I, we're in London, um, I believe it's near, I, I always forget if it's near Waterloo or London Bridge, but there's like old like train tunnels and they've kind of set this whole kind of long stretch apart for graffiti. It's, and they do graffiti classes there and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So you know, there definitely wasn't, it It was not that back in the day. Growing up, <laughs> you know what I mean? There's no graffiti classes. <laughs> you, if you were caught with a can, yo, you know what I mean? That's it. <laughs> People are you know, treating you a lot differently. So it's interesting, sure. that evolution, you know, seeing graffiti now in a museum and a gallery and that kind of stuff. It's just like, huh, interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, you look back in back in the '80s and the '90s, and you know, even the early 2000s, and even up till recently, I think you learned on the street. You know, that's where that's where these guys learned. You know, they mm. learned on the streets, and they were able to eventually, you know, become good enough to start, you know, painting kind of professionally. I would say for you know brands and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's definitely evolved and changed a lot, and you know, people people look at it as a profession more now. So yeah, the, the education is there more, um, you know, there's more resources to do it. You know, you see legal walls and uh, what you call permission walls popping up more where you can go and paint, you know, legally, you're not committing a crime. 
Um, and you can still, you know, do graffiti and tag stuff like that. Um, so yeah, the opportunity is definitely there a lot more today. Yeah, I was in um, Berlin a few years back and there's old parts, I think it's old parts of the Berlin Wall and they're kind of, it's put aside for graffiti and there's all like different types of graffiti all over the, these big bits of wall that just you can go and look at and, you know, that was interesting. Uh-huh, yeah. I've, but I've I, seen, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, 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 no. You, man. Oh, I've seen, I know I've seen, uh, I know Banksy did something there. Uh, I think it was in one of his films. But yeah, I mean, that's huge concrete slabs to make all kinds of different art pieces on, you know? Mm. It's it's the the world's canvas, as they would say. So it's yeah. everywhere. It's out in the streets. It's, you know. Yeah, I, I kind of because I think growing up, like loads of people, you know, were tagging. Like everyone's got a little tag, and it's like I I kind of think graffiti is a bit like American football, right? Where if the first thing you see is just a back and forth crazy game finishes like. 40 to 42 or something like that and it's just like yo this was insane like boom so you're you're gonna be in it but if the first game you see is just you know is one by one a field goal that's the only point scored you're gonna be like ah there's so many stops and starts like i don't know if i dig this thing so it's just like if the first bit of graffiti you see is this this incredible piece you could get hooked. You can see it for the art and the visual creation it is. But if the first thing you see is just some, you know, <laughs> like just poorly done like thing, you might just be like, ah, they've defaced that wall. Wow. What, that, that's rubbish. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and that was actually a question that got up uh, during a screening we had. When... Um, Oh God! So I forgot what I was gonna say. Is it around so, the whole five points kind of thing? Yeah. Um, man, what was I gonna say? Totally went blank there. Um, <laughs> I ha I had a really good point I was gonna bring up. Um, okay. Yes. So the the competition has changed a lot, right? Mm. Um, so you know, it, it's like a, it is like a sport, like you're saying. Um, so, you know, like I said, back in the eighties, nineties, when graffiti was coming up in Philly and New York and, in these cities, obviously it was drastically different than what you saw back then. And obviously through the years, you know, through competition and people wanted to get better and wanting more visibility, wanted to get their work out there. Um, it's evolved. And so you're seeing nicer pieces. You're seeing better pieces of art. Uh, you're seeing bigger murals, you're seeing more intricate murals, um, you're seeing graffiti writers really take risks and, you know, put their tags in um, very public spots and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, the, the competition field is there more, you know, kind of like sports, like you were saying, like, it's just, it's evolved so much for sure. And, and, it, and it keeps getting better. 
Yeah, I, I thought it was really interesting the perspective that we got from Sloke and um, Jewel in the documentary around doing the corporate pieces and the burnout and like just the fact that you have stuff in galleries, but people are, you know, claiming to be, you know, street artists when they've never been on the street, right? And, and it's that kind of, now it's evolved into that which I think we've seen in so many other kind of forms of creativity. Like when you look at early rap, right? I just remember over here, you know, I there's a point I was out every single night doing stuff for different labels and stuff like that. And you'd go to like the rap battles, like the open mics, and you'd see a lot of the same people over and over again. And then suddenly you, someone might come up somewhere and, and be like, oh, yeah, 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 I do this. And you've never seen them anywhere. Like they've never done open mics, but they managed to get some deal somewhere, you know. And, it, and it's just like, it, it's that sort of thing. People want to jump over a lot of the, the stages, right, to get to the end point. But then it's just like, you don't always see them there that long. There's, I think it's the appreciation. You know what I mean? Like when you've been out there grinding, you appreciate like that point you've got to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and I think what they say is pretty fair. You know, they, they spend years on the streets and, and um, yeah, I mean, someone could come along and just say, I'm a street artist and, you know, start painting murals and, um, you know, getting marketing gigs for companies and, and sure they might be a painter and they might have decent work, but, you know, I guess the, where they're coming from is they haven't put in the work on the streets, like, you know, really mastering mm. certain, um, principles, of of art, you know, that come with, you know, practicing graffiti and, and, you know, doing it in a sense for free or, you know, just for the fun and the thrill of it. Um, so yeah, yeah, I can see that kind of imposter syndrome type of thing starting to come, come out more. And, and um, yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because if you can produce, you know, good murals and you're, you're a good painter and, you know, you can make good works for brands, then I mean, what's, even if you have never done graffiti, what's, what's really stopping you, you know? So, mm. yeah, it, it, it's an interesting one, I kind of think, but it's like one of those things where it's just like, surely you would just say you're a painter, right? Or a muralist. Like you wouldn't right. need to say, yeah, I'm, I've, I've, I've been on the streets, man. I've been doing this kind of, when you've never done it, you'd be like, yo, I can draw. <laughs> Here's my work. Look, do you want to hire me? Boom. Cool. Like, I don't have to make up this backstory to like be like, oh, yeah, and I got good art. You know, it's, it's kind of weird. No doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, and that's one thing I wanted to kind of define too is like the difference between, you know, graffiti and street art, murals, um, gallery pieces. You know, I wanted to really define it all and, and separate them as kind of their own separate little entities and art forms mm. and uh so people can understand it a little bit more because i don't if people see a big mural you know they might think it's graffiti when in reality you know the a business owner paid for that to be there yeah um 
and so I, I really just wanted to like bring awareness to it and and help people understand understand it more so you know they might be able to tell like oh wow that that actually is vandalism right there you know he just painted over that guy's you know uh, business name or whatever um or oh that's a huge beautiful piece with a a message on it whether it's political or whatever um that was probably commissioned by the city or you know sanctioned by this company mm. yeah that that was an interesting point because i think there's times where i've looked at stuff and just kind of like you know that like yo know, the words there's like there's someone's little logo that's a mural but you've kind of all meshed it all together as the one thing you know what i mean so i thought it was intriguing when it was getting broken down and being like yo this is kind of this and this was this and back in the day we looked at it like this like because we get to speak with people but you also get that history like, was that an important thing when you were putting to this together, that you wanted to intertwine the history and these insights so people had that understanding? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you you have to kind of go back in the, the history book and, and uh, you know, see what was going on 30, 40 years ago to understand how it got to where it is today. Um, so, yeah, like, really uh you know going back and talking about kind of the early days with some of these guys with sloke and and some of the other artists and you know part of that too is a lot of these guys are um you know a little bit older and they've been in the game for 20 to 30 years or more 30 to 40 years and so they've kind of been around for a while and they've seen you know change and progression and they've contributed a lot to it um and, and so definitely having guys that you know could i guess had the the history behind it to show definitely definitely helped in the film yeah no i think that's a big one because you know they put the work in you know what i mean because it's always interesting seeing that young up-and-coming kid you know what i mean that's like got that new style uh, but it's just like yeah that's that's fun that's cool but they've only been in it a minute Right. So what's it like doing this on a regular basis? What's it like to go through all of those different things, to be arrested, to, you know, to come from that era where it was looked upon as being defacement? So like hearing from all of these guys, that's what that was super interesting, you know? Yeah, no, it was, it was interesting for me, too, because I mean, yeah, I mean, they have all been most of them been arrested for it and um, obviously been undervalued and looked down upon for being vandals. And, um, and, you know, that, that's changed a lot. And now it's kind of like completely fl flipped the script. And now these guys are looked at as, um, you know, leaders and like um, prominent figures in, within the, the art world. And, and I, I think from what I saw, they, they're very well respected. And, um, you know, they're not looked down upon anymore. Mm. Yeah, that that was really interesting seeing that. Like, yeah. how did you kind of come up with the structure of the documentary? Like, do you 
there's i don't know i haven't seen a whole heap of graffiti kind of street art document i've seen like one or two mm-hmm. i haven't seen a lot so do you did you look at past things did you look at documentaries on other stuff and be like I really like the way that one tells a story like I want this to be like this or was it just it this felt like the natural way to tell this story yeah no that was great I went through Amazon and found every graffiti film documentary that I could find and um and watched it and you know took little bits and pieces where I could and uh basically just kind of saw that i something i didn't think was there um that really showed the current state mm. um of the art forms and so i really wanted to kind of go for that as far as you know finding the story and the structure um i'd say one it, it helped uh, a lot of duels philosophies kind of were heavily influenced on like conceptualizing and stuff like that and really i filmed with duel for like almost six months before I even like started reaching out to other guys. And, um, and, and then from there I kind of conceptualized and built kind of just like some questions, like some interview based questions of where I kind of wanted the story to be and go. And I kind of just asked all the, every artist, the same questions with a little difference between, you know, I I dove in to five points with mirrors and, I dove into Castle Hill and the history behind that with Sloke. And, and so, but for the most part, I was kind of following a same idea that I wanted to basically convey. And that was, you know, the, the, the duality of it and the, du- the <laughs> dual nature in, in graffiti and, you know, how it's changed and the perceptions changed and, you know, how it's, yeah. I mean, and, and it's, and, and the, the dual, philosophy just applies to so many different concepts within this film and in life but especially in this film you know i mean five points they flip the script on you know who's the vandal right yeah that was man when you threw the five points thing in i because i've not heard of anything like that so that was just fascinating and then that law i was like yo what there's this like i don't i think and there's a lot of people would never have heard of that law, right? So this was, yeah. when I say this was so informative, like it truly was very interesting. It, for me, this was like the best thing on, you know, graffiti and street art that I've seen because it covered so many different aspects of it. Like some things cover like one little pit, but uh-huh. you, you delved into so much. We had these different points of view then you have things like Castle Hill and Five Points, which yeah. just give you this other kind of perspective. You know what I mean? No doubt. Great, man. Yeah, no, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Um, I Like I said, I really wanted to just do something in, in the graffiti doc space that hadn't been done. And, and, um, and you know, hopefully I achieved it with this film. Um, and yeah, like I said, really flipped the script on, or I tried to as much as possible, who's the vandal and who's not, you know, especially in the case of five points, like, mm. um, you know, them winning the the uh, the case in the Supreme Court. Uh, it was the first time that law was used. And, uh, you know, the history behind it uh, is pretty 
interesting and fascinating. Um, you know, with um, mm-hmm. yeah, the whole Rockefeller, Rockefeller lights. Yeah, that was, that again, I never would have thought it gone that far, but that back. That that was yeah. just like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in the third nineteen thirties, you know, um, that's when you could say this all started. Mm. Uh, and obviously, even before that, the, well, the ruins. Pompeii, yeah. you know the ruins so i mean you could say you know it's this this art form has been around for a long long time i mean you could almost say it's one of the longest art forms there is if not the longest art forms you know um and so yeah like it having the law be enacted was i think a huge uh huge win for for some artists you know when applied correctly yeah um i think it can really do a lot of good for the, the art community and, and graffiti and street art as a whole mm. oh for sure for sure yeah. like growing up in like the suburbs as you said where there's no there was no real graffiti or anything like that to then going somewhere with it like for you what is like the benefits because I, you know, what I mean, I, I think there's so much that art brings to people. Yeah, you know I mean, it can really brighten up your day. Like, it can really change your outlook on things. Seeing some like incredible piece somewhere, you know, and art's so subjective. You know, what I mean, different styles, different takes. You know, black and white color, just so much stuff, right? Uh-huh. But yeah, for you, what what's it mean, like? Yeah, um, that's a good good question. I think it's almost like looking at the stars at night. You know, you're kind of just like in awe. You're like, man, how how is that out there? How did they do that? Um, you know, it, it can obviously invoke different feelings in you. It could make you laugh or it could make you angry, you know, or if it's a political message, it could also make you angry, you know. Um <laughs> uh, uh, so I, I think there's just so much it can do and just, you know, make you feel and make, you know, inspire you and create this sense of like amazement. Um, it's really hard to put your finger on it. You know, it's just a, it's something you feel and, and uh, every piece kind of brings out a different feeling um, in you and 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 obviously it's it is subjective so it it has different effects on different people um but yeah i mean for me it's just kind of like it just kind of makes you think i guess um makes you stop look at it and just be like wow that's incredible or that has a strong message or "Ah, i don't i disagree with that you know Mm. so um i guess just the, the the you know the feeling it can bring out um yeah yeah. I, yeah I i think like it it adds like a different dimension to a city you know i, I remember going to aberdeen once i think they call it the the granite city it's just gray as a motherfucker right yeah. and and, and it, it just felt yeah. like there was no color it, it's a city that felt like it needs some street art and graffiti you know what yeah, I, mean? I, yeah. But I think you do notice you do notice a difference of going somewhere that just feels bleak, right? Uh, just gray, just empty. 
But then you go somewhere that has this incredible art and there just feels like there's a little oomph, a little something. There's a different kind of soul to this spot, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, the as Duel says it, you know, a city with no graffiti is a city with no soul. Yeah. Um, I mean, he says it perfectly right there. Yeah, it, it brings culture, you know, it brings, um, it attracts people, it attracts, you know, it, it kind of induces conversation, it induces, you know, thoughts and, and feelings. And so it just, I mean, I think it really brings so much value to a city and to an area and, and just livens up the place It makes you want to be there, it makes people, you know, want to be there. Um, then, you know, obviously versus a city like you're talking about, it's just stone, yeah, <laughs> concrete, you know? So I think it, it really, it, it, it does so much for places mm. that, um, yeah, it's really incredible. And it's, it's interesting that, you know, it is and can be illegal. Um, so yeah, just an interesting concept for sure. Yeah, no, for sure. Like, I think um, showing that gallery towards the end was really interesting. And, you know, the fact it all kind of sprung out of the five points incidents and everything like that. Was was there ever a thought of maybe having someone from that hotel group on to talk about why they wanted to do it, their affinity to, you know, this sort of art? Yeah, uh, are you sp- are you specifically talking about the the Bowery, the Citizen M Moza? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a really cool uh, piece. Um, yeah, that thought did. I think we tried, but I I think it was um, I think it was the owner who really sought out those artists and uh, was a fan of Five Points. And when he opened that location um, in the Bowery there in Manhattan, he you know, wanted to pay tribute to that. And, and so he left 21 artists, those 21 artists mm. um, create that like um, stairwell walk down. And I, and, and that was a really hard thing to film because I, it was so tight in there. And, you know, I mean, from the t- very top floor, which is floor 21 all the way to the bottom, it's just all paint. You know, there's not a single s- spot that's left untouched. And uh, just showing like how big it actually was, was kind of hard. And we, we kind of did the little time lapse as we were going down um, to show that. But uh, yeah, it was really, it was a really cool tribute. And, um, you know, obviously New York has the the MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art, right? Yeah. So this is what they're calling the Museum of Street Art. Um, and uh, yeah, just a really cool concept. And uh, yeah, I did... That probably wouldn't have been a good interview to have um, with the um, the owner there. We just weren't able to get it, unfortunately. Uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, it was all very well explained. Yeah. And, and the project and, like, what they wanted to do with it and just all of that. It was just, you know, sometimes you wonder, like, oh, what else could mirror up with this kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. But yeah, no, it, it still worked. It still definitely worked. Yeah, yeah. And I got to stay. That's where I stayed too when I was oh, there. Nice. Yeah, which is a cool. Uh, it's a cool little concept. They're very um, art-driven 
and culturally driven little uh, hotel concepts. And I actually stayed in one Seattle in Seattle when we were up there a couple months ago too. And uh, yeah, I, I do like their their hotels. Okay, yeah. uh, that's cool. It's yeah. cool. Like you know, you said it was difficult filming like that part of it. Were there with doing this? Were there different techniques that you haven't? maybe used before that you incorporated or, you know different styles ways of you know putting all of this together yeah um yeah i used a a lot of um gimbal shots um so you know motion with them um we used time lapse um uh, is that what you're referring to? Kind of the camera stuff? Yeah. 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 yeah we, uh, we did some time-lapse stuff uh, while they were painting, you know, so it, it looks like they're just quickly painting this piece that really took three or four hours. Um, and then, you know, we got a lot of archival footage from, from the guys too, which was hugely helpful to, you know, fill the gaps and, and assist in telling the story. Um, and yeah, just trying to capture as much raw, like the raw moments as possible. Like you see Sloke with, you know, helping Charlie paint and stuff like that. Um, you know, those moments happen quite a bit. And I don't think we got to include all of them in the, the film, but there's definitely some where, you know, you see these guys going out and interacting with the general public and, you know, people coming up to them saying, Hey, you know, I've seen your work, you know, all that. And, um, and so we really just wanted to capture that kind of raw, um, in the moment handheld type of stuff um yeah there other than that i mean we had some drone shots um and yeah the the biggest thing i wanted to do which um looks super cool and it's it's something that um some other graffiti artists do on youtube and stuff uh, but what they're basically, it's called a hyperlapse. So it's like a time lapse, but the camera's moving while in conjunction with time. So, um, and it, it creates this really cool, like three dimensional time lapse effect. Um, uh, but they take so long to do. <laughs> right. Right. You know, so, I mean, you literally sit there and you take a photo and then you move like six inches and they take, they take another photo and you move six inches and then you move strategically in patterns that around the art piece that's being created. And, you know, you're doing that for six, eight hours, however long it's taken to do these murals. And so, but it creates such a cool effect. And there was a couple that, um, archived that we had archived that was in the film that like that very, it's kind of towards the end with Jabber, when he's painting in that, um, I don't even know what you call it, like retaining wall that has kind of the, the stone walkway and it kind of shows oh. them as they're painting and it kind of orbits around them and then it kind of goes through as they're painting and then it goes mm. to the other side. Well, so that, that was the stuff I wish I could have done more of. Um, it was just more of a thing of time and, um, and budget, yeah. So. Okay, it sounds kind of like stop motion, which is like crazy. I I did I didn't really think that. Yeah, that was that was. Uh, yeah, you could do that. Yeah, very similar. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. 
man yeah that that's yeah so interesting man like what you know i mean because filming right like you you did you've done corporate videos and everything like that but like to do like this feature documentary like did you kind of envision everything that it would take like these new techniques like these new ways of telling story and in such this scale like has it did it go how you thought it might or was it was this completely like (laughs) I wasn't expecting this shit (laughs) yeah I mean I would say it went what I had you know what I had in my mind and what I was able to actually create as a tangible item I think it was actually very close. And okay. that's kind of what we call like the creative gap, you know, narrowing that gap of what you see mm. in your mind to the, what actually is produced. Um, and I and I think it actually was pretty close. Um, considering, you know, it was my first feature, uh, you know, had limited time, limited budget, stuff like that. So, you know, with the next one, I can definitely take that foundation and expand on it and, um, hopefully, you know, have better effects and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I kind of really, really came down to time and budget, really, I would say. Right, right. I mean, the time thing is, is a little crazy, because you're a fireman, man. Like, how <laughs> do you, because with a job like that, where you could get called out to do, like, how how do you structure a day to, to do something, you know what I mean, to create something like this? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and I always forget about that piece, or a lot of people just don't know, but yeah, I am uh, a fireman full-time here in the Austin area. And I mean, I, I'm just so thankful that job just, allows you the time off i mean um you know we work two days on and then we have four days off so i mean i really have it's almost you know like every week i work two days so i still have a ton of time to pursue passion projects and other things like this and you know with this film specifically um i did the bulk of filming in november and december of 2020 and um, and I planned I I did a lot of pre-production and I really planned out those shoots way in advance and I mm. planned out some time off from the fire department so I took about a month off and I just went and filmed for a month straight and uh, and then came back and and you know was able to cut cut it into a feature feature length doc from there so okay. yeah I definitely definitely took a little time off but uh, <laughs> yeah I mean it it's definitely pretty incredible that I have that opportunity and freedom to take time off and, and go do projects like this. Mm, yeah. Two very, very different and crazy careers there. My friend. Yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. No doubt. They're completely opposite. Yeah. Like what was the thing that got you this? I, I, you know, I, looking at your bio, you're a, you're a veteran as well, man. So, what was the thing that kind of made you want to tell visual stories? Right? What kind of got you intrigued by that, and what kind of made you think that this is something I can do? Yeah, uh, that's a good question too. Um, 
I, I think I, I enjoy just experiencing different, like experiences almost. And, and with documentaries, especially you can like embed yourself with a certain group of people or whatever it may be, a certain profession or a certain um, industry or whatever. And you kind of experience what it's like for them to mm. be a graffiti writer or, you know, be an athlete or, or whatever the topic is that you're covering. And so I think, I think, I think it comes down to experience, like the experience you get. Um, I think that's kind of really where I fell in love and drew a passion for, for documentary films, especially, and, you know, they're real stories. So people can relate because it, you know, it's real and people have gone through it. So. That's true. That's true. But Ryan, I gotta say, I don't think everyone can do that shit. Right. <laughs> it's just like, look, there's, there's fundamental things that people can do. Right. I could go out there and pick up a camera. Right. I mean, now with the way phones are, you could use your phone to film something. Right. That's true. Where it gets interesting is being able to craft it. Right. Because getting all of these cats to be that open with you, like, that's a that's a skill, right? Not everyone can get someone to open up and really just tell everything, mm-hmm. you know? And you had Jabber talking about, you know, being arrested and just all of this crazy shit. Like, they're talking about stuff and you'd be like, yo, what's the statute of limitations, man? Like, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Could this be evidence yeah. like what's happening? But they're opening right. up and talking to you, which is, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I mean. Like, the... the that takes a different something, you know? So, like, where did that come from? You know what I mean? Where did you perfect that? Like, or is it something you felt you've always had? Like, where, have you been in the mess, you know what I mean, in, in the army or in the station, and you're telling stories and be like, oh, yo, Ryan's got stories, man. Like, Ryan <laughs> can do shit. Like, is that the thing? Or, or, or was it, like, through conversations with other directors and be like, yo, how do you do this thing? And you just, you know, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, I think creativity is like a muscle, you know, you got to exercise it. Um, and I, I think with longer films, I think it allows you to get into a concept and really exercise it more. And I mean, I, I wrote out, you know, kind of what I wanted the film to look like. And, you know, I envisioned basically the whole thing kind of beforehand, before I filmed and before I went and did, you know, conducted the interviews and, And so I really just, it really started just kind of in my head. And um, I tried to put everything down on paper that I could. And, um, you know, from there, getting, getting the information out of the subject is, is um, one, I think it requires some preparation. And two, I mean, you kind of, I tried to establish rapport with them beforehand. Um, And, and honestly, I, I almost do like a whole interview before I even, you know, bring the camera out and Mm. uh, just make sure they know what they're going to say, make sure they know where I'm trying to go with this, um, see what they have to say, you know, see if their story kind of lines up. And, um, 
you know, and then from there, it's really just kind of guiding them almost in an interview and down the right path and, and asking certain questions to get certain responses, you know, um, cause you don't, I don't want to put words in their mouth, you know, yeah. but there's things where I'm like, I, this is what I would like you to say in regards to <laughs> certain things. So, and then, you know, there's good ways, there's good ways of doing that. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, I mean, really when you get in the interview, you know, be open, have a, I, I have a set of guidelines and, and questions that I go off of, but then kind of be open to whatever comes your way. And, you know, and really a lot of the times what happens in the interview is you kind of, you know, they get to reminiscing, they get to thinking, um, you know, and that's when you kind of get an emotional buildup and, um, and you can kind of, you know, just be very attentive and, you know, listen and, and, um, kind of just allow them to express themselves and, um, kind of help them guide that guide in a certain direction, I guess. And, uh, a lot, a lot of guys will say that, you know, doing an interview session is like a therapy session, you know, cause you're, you're talking about the past, you're bringing up certain emotions, you're, you know, kind of reminiscing, you're, and it, and it just kind of all floods and hits you at once. And, um, and yeah, some of it's just kind of a natural process in a sense of, you know, sitting down and doing an interview and, and knowing that this is your story and it's going to be told, you know, on film and stuff like that. So some people can get, you know, nervous in front of the camera, but, um, you know, I try and really just make it conversational kind of like this is, you know, like, let's just talk, look at me. We're going to have a conversation. Um, going to ask you some questions. Feel free to answer as openly as possible. And so, yeah, I mean, that really just kind of helps, um, guide the story. And I, you know, I really, like I said, I had it all kind of pre, um, planned beforehand really in the pre-production phase is where all that kind of comes together. Okay. Okay. So are you storyboarding or are you kind of writing it out, like mind mapping? Like how, how do you, how does the structure work for you, for you to be able to kind of have this plan to move with? Yeah. Um, I have done a couple things in the past. Um, yeah sort of like storyboarding um obviously storyboarding is like this is the exact shot we need this is the exact shot we need with documentaries it's more of like let's figure out the storyline let's figure out the story arc where's the conflict um you know what what's being told here um and so really you know like i said the interview is kind of the the narrative portion so you really got to lay that out make sure you know you're intentional with your questions and then um you know planning on what to shoot from there that co-aligns with what they're saying and um obviously co-aligns with the film or with uh, the story and stuff like that and there, there's a an app i or it's not an app it's a software um that i use to kind of create different scenes and write them out and i can attach pictures of screen grabs from an, a film or the, the okay. film you're working on and so I kind of, I like the visual piece. Mm. So I'll, if I film a scene, then I'll kind of bring in some of those screen grabs and then I'll start, I'll type, um, you know, what that scene is about, like what the feel of the scene is, um, how it relates to the story, 
And from there, you can kind of piece together like an, in a sense, a three act structure with, uh, you know, with documentary. And so I definitely use some tools and um, I write a lot of things down and I try and stay as organized and as possible um, when it comes to, you know, kind of crafting the story. Mm, mm. Where did that come from, man? Like, did you just teach it to yourself? Is it for, do you watch like those inside the director guild kind of things? Like, yeah. How, how did you kind of learn the process that would work for you? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, yeah. So one would be watching film. Um, I watched a ton of film. I mean, I love, love film obviously um and so i i you know when i'm in my research phase or re whatever you want to call it conceptual conceptual phase um then you know i'm watching related films so i'm seeing what they did i'm seeing how they told the stories what their intention was and so you know obviously just viewing viewing films in a different light you know not like it's almost like the books like steal like an artist you know like seeing what they're doing, seeing what works for them, and then maybe taking a little bit and seeing how I can take it, you know, spin it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. um, that, and then, yeah, I definitely like to attend film festivals, talk to directors, you know, pick their brains um, and see how, you know, how they approach story and um, how they approach um, kind of the intentions behind their story or their films and stuff like that. So definitely it, attending film festivals um and things of that nature and honestly you know there's good content on youtube that you can find from other filmmakers and and other directors that um you know lay out their uh, process and uh that's that's been a huge help as well so it's kind of been a mixture of a couple of different things and and just kind of doing it for yourself and seeing what works for you basically because everyone's kind of got a different process of doing it. Mm, mm, yeah, no, definitely. That's the thing, right? Like the amount of conversations I've, and especially recently, I've, I've yeah, looked at a, a ton of different documentaries, speaking with people about, you know, what they did, how they did it. It's always different. It's always yeah. different. So it's so interesting, right? Because uh -huh. you think, oh, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds exactly how you would do it. Then someone right. else says this other thing. You'd be like, yeah, no, that sounds real valid. Right. And yeah. it's just like, whoa, there's so many different like ways to do this. It's, it's very intriguing. And, and I think that's why you, when you get something like, you know, duality, it, it's very interesting to see the approach, you know what I mean? How it was all put together because, you know, it's different to, um, I, I spoke to a young lady recently, um, Vivian Winfrup, whose uh, documentary comes out next week, The Last of the Winfrups. And um, yeah, the way they put that together, very different. But, you know, they yeah. both, like both of these things, they work, both work in these different ways. They're both compelling to watch, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think it is very interesting, too, to see how people kind of work and the minds behind it because you know it it really is a uh, vision driven i think for 
a lot of people and especially for me you know i kind of like almost like fantasize about what it could look like and you know almost as if i'm like watching it in my head you know and seeing scenes play out and like what they would say and 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 how can i take that and like transfer it over to um an actual film screen you know Mm. so yeah the the uh the process behind different creative minds is definitely very intriguing to me as well and i and i think i mean there's so many different ways you know um and 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 the story is also the the topic i guess or whatever the character and the um, subject that you're covering will also dictate that a lot you know um like this one kind of just it almost felt like a natural thing that just kind of happened it never felt forced it never felt like i was trying to go after something that wasn't there it almost you know it almost that in that first interview that i had with duel it kind of just all clicked there and then it just kind of fell into place right man yeah yeah that's in- like what kind of keeps you motivated like do you do you do anything do you throw yourself into like particular things to keep you know in those creative juices moving yeah absolutely um and i i think a lot of i watch a lot of films still um you know i love going to film festivals and stuff like that like i said so that just continuing to you know watch film from like i said from a different perspective though from a perspective of let me like reverse engineer what they just did Mm. see how i can pick it apart and like and and how they created that or how you know they got that response from that character or how did how did you get that you know um uh, soundbite from him or and stuff like that so yeah i mean i think it's one of those things where you're kind of a student to the craft and constantly learning and there's no right or wrong way to do it so you just kind of got to figure out your own process and make it work for you. Mm. And with this, right. So it just kind of came together. Was there any thought of like, how will this be received? Right. Like, is there particular things I need to include? So so people will gel with it. Like, or what, or do you kind of, when creating kind of these things think what compels me like what do i want to see in a in a good story in a documentary like yeah what's the what's the viewpoint around that kind of thing yeah um the definitely obviously i want to be proud of it right so i i want it to be something that i would like to watch and um and, you know, I, one thing that I kind of made sure was that I got everything right, that I wasn't, like, incorrect about certain um, definitions and stuff like that within the uh, the, the graffiti world and, and stuff. Because I was still learning so much, you know, what the difference between all of it was. And so I think that was a big thing, was making sure everything was right. Um, and, you know, it was... It was uh, announced correctly and uh or i guess relayed correctly 
And then, yeah, perception. I mean, there was some, there was actually a, um, like a marketing thing. I, uh, like a little video that I cut together, um, before I did the bulk of the filming. And I kind of look back now that I learned more after I'd filmed more and realized that there was some things wrong with it. And it kind of got a lot of negative feedback, you know, cause I mean, you know how people are online, but yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I definitely got some trolls on that one, but it kind of made me realize like, yeah, I don't, I didn't really convey uh, the graffiti world correctly. And so maybe that was warranted. And, and, you know, I, and going forward, I was like, I really need to make sure I get this correct. And, and uh, obviously for the sake of the artist and, and the sake of the, the art form. So. Okay. And now it's done, right? Like you, you, it's finally out in the world. Like, firstly, how does that feel? Right. Knowing that, you know, you, people are consuming your work now, like this vision. Yeah. It, it's a, uh, it's different. Uh, it's a feeling I've never really felt before because I haven't had anything on this scale kind of go out there. Um, but obviously it feels good. Like it feels, it feels more or less like a weight's been lifted, you know, but I mean, at the same time, I also really enjoyed the whole process of it. Um, but it, it feels good that, you know, I was finally, I was able to get something out there and, for people to watch and that it's seems like it's getting perceived somewhat well. And, and so, um, yeah, I'm really just appreciative of that. And yeah. I mean, it took three, almost three years. So it was a long process. Mm, yeah. That's, that's a big, it's a big chunk of time. Right. And I think sometimes people see things and think it just happens. Right, like, well, what did they just film it last month? Like, you know, what I mean, yeah. they, people don't always appreciate all the time, and you know, there's the filming, there was this pre-production, the filming, post-production. Like, there's so many elements. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, so. it's like a huge puzzle piece. You know, you just kind of gotta align them all correctly until it makes sense and it flows well. And and I mean, I think that's what film is: is just a giant puzzle piece. And, and uh, you know, making sure you're getting good footage to the editor so he can assemble that that puzzle correctly. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it, it's I mean, it's a tremendous amount of work for sure, <laughs> no doubt. It's been almost a full time job for three years. So yeah, are you enjoying the festival circuit? Yeah, we so we didn't do a big festival circuit when we were applying for festivals was 20, the end of 2020, 2021. Right, um, right. And um, that was kind of the 2021. It was kind of the year that everything started opening back up, you know, with COVID. And it seemed like the festivals were just getting inundated with films and there was just backlog to films mm. waiting to get out there. And so the competition seemed to be pretty steep and we really you know at that point i didn't have a whole lot of money left and so <laughs> unfortunately yeah we couldn't we couldn't do a huge festival circuit and so uh, unfortunately i really would have liked to have done a, a more thorough festival circuit um but yeah we i mean we applied to quite a few and just it just 
unfortunately didn't get accepted to most of them or all of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. it's their loss. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's their loss, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. I, I think it, at face value, you know, it, people kind of like, huh, graffiti, you know, they kind of dismiss it and then mm. they actually watch it and they're like, oh, wow, that's not what I expected. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's different and it's a lot more intricate and involved than I was expecting. It's, it seems to be the response I'm getting, you know, and, uh, they just didn't realize how much was in that world and how diverse it was and, and, uh, you know, how much history and story is really actually there they just kind of see it and they're like ah it's just you know some thugs doing you know <laughs> artwork on the streets but yeah it's just so much more than that mm. yeah i i think like I've, I've got a few friends that are like you know filmmakers and you know i've got one of my friends cindy she's an, a sculpture and i i love talking to them about creating like see you know Cindy, she's recently, she was using clay to sculpt and she's recently started using porcelain. And so it's really intriguing seeing like these different effects and new styles and the way the paint now sits on, on this surface. And so it's always like, yo, how did you get that effect? And yo, tell me about that. So I, I, that was one of the things of your documentary, like hearing these different techniques, the, the way they, you know, we're using different things and, you know, over time when people are like, yeah, so when you're on the street, you just do it quickly. But then over time, you can do it this way and that way. And it's just like, whoa, that's that's crazy. Yeah, that's real interesting. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so many different varieties and, and ways to to get your name out there and and uh, and yeah i mean it's just it's creativity rules i mean mm. however you want to do it yeah no definitely like what do you what do you do with the documentary now you know what i mean are you, are you still looking to get it into certain spaces you know you're gonna get a viewing in moma it's like yo we, like <laughs> what are you trying to do with it now yeah i mean we're uh we got a couple of screenings just around um, here that we're going to do in Austin. Um, and then I think they're trying to get it at Art Basel or Art Basel out of Miami. Okay. Um, there were in talks with um, Marie from the film. She's She's got, um, she's going to be doing some exhibit there. And so she's pushing for it to get screened down there. And yeah, I mean, really, at this point, it's just about getting the word out there and, and uh, you know, getting people to see it and, um, you know, get some feedback and stuff like that. So from now on, from, from here forward, it's really just, you know, getting it out to the masses and, and uh, trying to get people to watch it. So a lot of marketing and um, PR and stuff. Right, right. Well, I mean you've got the, the a great person to help you with that age AJ, aj is a legend yeah. and she, she, she yeah. <laughs> she's been great yeah person, man. yeah no doubt she's definitely gotten some really awesome articles written about the film and definitely created some buzz around it for sure so definitely glad to have her on board mm, yeah yeah no for sure i can imagine 
And um, yeah. any thoughts of what you might do next? Or uh... yeah, actually, um, I it's kind of hip hop related as well. Oh, um, okay. And it's still in taught and still completely, you know, pre um, pre conceptualized. But it, it's it would be following a um, a break dancer or a former break dancer one that kind of kind of similar to duality you know one that has been in the breakdancing world for a long time and uh helped to evolve it as a sport and um as you may or may not know you know breakdancing is going to be in the olympics in 2024 in paris and so you know the the hope is to kind of watch him on the journey to paris oh see, shit see how that that t- you know goes and and uh you know that'll be groundbreaking in its own because it'll be the first time that breakdancing also kind of a underground you know subculture mm. type of uh sport if you want to call it um or dance style is now gonna be an olympic sport you know and these guys can call themselves olympians and yeah so, so um yeah well uh excited to see where that one goes still don't don't quite know um, okay but uh you know i have about two years of footage on that one already and um other than that i mean i'm kind of just searching for something that um you know i'd want to tell and i'd be that i'd be interested in it's kind of it is kind of hard to find these stories to to tell and you know people who want to be on camera and they want to you know have a film crew around them so um that search is uh is something i haven't quite mastered yet but uh <laughs> it's kind of an interesting one of how to find story subjects you know mm. cuz they're not they're not just they're not always coming to you so I'm yeah trying to seek them out is is uh something i'm currently working on okay well i mean the the breakdown, yo, you, you yeah, you've definitely got me hooked. You definitely got yeah. me hooked with that. That yeah. sounds yeah. real. In- and you know the the real interesting thing with breakdancing as well, like a lot of those cats transitioned over to um jujitsu and are doing real well in the jujitsu. Like yeah. um, there's like a Boogie Martinez, um, mm-hmm. who's like really good, and his brother. Oh man, I forget his brother's name. Ah, god damn. But his brother be Eddie Cummings in EBI uh, like yeah. back a few years back. And it was just like incredible. And uh-huh. yeah, you've got a, a lot of the um the break dancers of kind of yeah, doing real well in the jujitsu world, right? Yeah, I mean they're I mean they're athletes. I mean they're it, it's kind of similar to gymnastics, right? Mm. Um, I mean they're they're acrobats. I mean the stuff they're doing is is very high level now and it's it's i mean it takes years of training so it's um it's it's definitely kind of like the graffiti it's a sport that's evolved and the competition base is a lot fiercer than it was and there's more people out there wanting to do it and there's guys that are starting young and training early and you know training throughout their youth to become really really good and you know i mean yeah like i said they're full-on athletes they can jump up in the air twist on their head do flips, all sorts of crazy acrobatic things, and 
And it'll be, I think it'd be cool to bring that to light as well. Cause that's something that isn't really on a worldwide stage yet. I don't think so. It'll be cool to see kind of how it goes down at Par in Paris in 2024 and on a, on an Olympic level. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm definitely intrigued on how are they gonna judge it, right? Because yeah. when rock climbing went across, I think they judge it. It's slightly different to how you might judge it in a normal kind of rock climbing competition type of thing. So. It's like, yeah, how are they gonna view it? Are they gonna run it like the DMCs or you know, I mean, something like that? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's interesting. It's really it is, and I've been seeing you know some competitions or ciphers um, here in Austin and here in the Texas area, and uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like gymna like how do they judge gymnastics, right? It's almost like there's a subjective component, even mm. though they're. There is some objective components like, oh, he did a double 360 court to double X spin. So they're, I think they're they're establishing certain moves and, and the difficulty level of some. And then, uh, you know, there's other elements too, like um, the stage presence you bring, um, mm. the attitude you have, uh, the energy, and how you react to, um, you know, like having the your opponent you know, bust a really hard move, you know, do you respond to that or so there, there's definitely a, uh, both components, I would say. Yeah. But it will be interesting. Will mm, be interesting. Yeah. Because the response, that's a big part of it. Like, you know, yes. the comeback and it's just like, yeah. So how do you put that on the Olympic, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. How, how do you craft it for that, that stage and also the music? Right. Yeah, I mean, definitely got good DJs in there, you know, spinning some some beats and and um, yeah, I mean, having DJs is a part of it. Um, like I said, it kind of goes into the the four elements of hip hop, you know, the MCing, the DJing, the graffiti, mm. um, and so and so yeah, it uh it kind of brings it all together and and obviously you, you know you get a crowd response and and. Um, that goes crazy when something happens and it's almost like a feeling you get like, ah, I think they, I think they just felt more dominant. Yeah. You know? So it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see. Oh yeah. That, that could be the most lit aspect of the Olympics, man. <laughs> like if they yeah. do that correctly, whoo, that, that would yeah. be impressive. Well, some of these battles though, they get pretty intense and they, you know, like it just gets insane and these guys are going all out and, the intensities there and the uh, the fire and all that and so mm. it'll, it'll definitely be interesting to see kind of how that that all plays out yeah yeah i mean, I mean there's something I, I i will probably definitely try and you know go check because you know paris is i all i have to do is jump on the eurostar and i'm there so yeah 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 you're close by you're in london is that right yeah yeah nice. Awesome. Well, I mean, well, hopefully I can try and find a way to be there. <laughs> but uh, we'll we'll see. Yeah, man. I, I yeah, I hope all this comes together because yeah, I'm, I'm I want to watch it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like. What's the um scene like in uh, Austin, Texas? And you know, as far as breakdancing. 
Yeah, and like say it's, and all of that kind of stuff. I'd say it's good. Um, I'm not too familiar with the rap game, but I know the breakdancing game is is uh, pretty it's great. Um, there's a there's a big uh, they just did the big Red Bull BC One cipher here in Austin. Um, okay. you know, sold out sold out the Moody Theater, which is our big um, big theater downtown here. Um, you know where all the big musical acts come. So I mean, they're at the stage they're at, and the the arenas that they're you know getting into are, are starting to get pretty big in size mm. for sure. And uh, I mean, you could definitely see the just the, you know how many people were in attendance. Like it's it's um, you know a couple thousand were in the crowd. So I mean, it, it, it's it's getting a lot bigger for sure. And uh, there you know there's some big competitions now, and there's the um, the the bc1 tours around the world actually so they have competitions all over and um i know uh europe has some pretty good teams um but yeah i mean the 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 competition seems to be ramping up pretty drastically in in uh, preparation for the olympics so and on austin it's it's here as big as it is anywhere else in the world i'd say right nice so yeah. yeah yeah it's pretty cool to watch yeah yeah and that, that's boy yeah there's a lot going like it's a lot happening and yeah. like you know what i mean you've got got the breaking you've got the, yeah. the you know the street art graffiti you've got the filmmaking because isn't that where richard Linklater start started i, be, I believe he was in austin mm. yeah. yeah yeah and now the comedy scene is like yeah. Good damn. Yeah. Like, it's a place to be. <laughs> it, yeah, it actually is. If you think about it from a creative sense, it definitely is a it's a it's a hot it's a happening spot right now, for sure. Mm-hmm. So and, and I'm fortunate to be in a spot like that that presents opportunities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean I think when people see duality, yo, you you definitely carved out your corner, man. People are gonna take notice. So, man, I'm I, yeah, I really appreciate this time, man. Thank you for um stopping by. It is yeah. is really great talking to you about all of this. Yeah, no, thank you, Kevin. You had some some good questions, and uh, I appreciate you having me on the show. Yeah, it was good, good good talk. Enjoyed it. Cool, man. Well, hey. Once the once the next thing is ready, man, please come by and and let's do this again. Oh, for sure, for sure, we'll do. I'll, I'll tell AJ, hey, I need to talk to Kevin again. <laughs> Got to do work. <laughs> nice, nice. Now, yo, let everyone know where they can view the doc and follow you and everything you, that's going down. Absolutely. So it is streaming on Amazon Prime. Um, it's also streaming on Apple TV and iTunes. Um, it's on Vudu as well and uh, Google Play, including uh, YouTube movies. And uh, and so yeah, you can search Duality Graffiti Story and it'll pop right up. Uh, you can follow the the film on Instagram at Duality Official Film. Um, we post pretty regularly on there. Um, you know, micro stories and little videos and photos throughout production that you can kind of see some behind the scenes stuff of and uh and yeah cool cool and 
I think the, the one question I forgot to ask you, Ryan, and yeah. everyone will probably want to know, what's your tag, man? Yeah, <laughs> my, my tag is uh, just my name, uh, Ryan.Dowling. Yeah, <laughs> at Ryan.Dowling. So if you can find the film page, then um, I put the my tag in the description. So you can find me find me through there. Awesome. Like everything will be on the website so people can, you yeah. know, just go to the page and find all the links. But, yo, definitely people go check out the documentary. It is, man, it's so interesting. And it, it, it gives you that that real crazy insight into all of this. Because like it says at the start, yo, this stuff has been around since Pompeii. Actually, it's probably been around longer, right? Cave, cave painting is essentially graffiti. Exactly, yeah. So, yep. yo, this is like the oldest art form, it, right? It's crazy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> it, it's been around for a long time. And and uh, so, yeah, I hope you can gain some insight from it and, and kind of just learn more about it. Mm. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so people, check it out. Follow Ryan because... You'll want to fight. You, you, you know what I mean? I, I want to see this uh, break dancing thing. So I'm sure there's going <laughs> to be stuff about that. So, yo, do that. Show my, show my mama some love. Ryan, thank you so much for your time. This has been, this has been great. Really has. Yeah. Yes, sir. Thank you, Kevin. I, I really appreciate it. Can't, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Hey, no worries, man. No worries. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I'll send you the links once it's live. It will be going live maybe tomorrow or Friday. But um, okay, awesome. Yeah, cool. So we're right. cut off there now. Um, not yet. We're going now. All right. Oh, okay. Thanks, Ryan. Catch okay. You later. okay. Bye. Okay, people. So there you go. That is the end of part two. Part one part one now we looked at the doc we spoke to ryan the director now we're in part two two right we get to speak to one of the artists featured in duality i'm talking about boy this is like he's an og in the game it's nathan nordstrom aka slope so you definitely don't want to miss the second part of the second part. You feel me? So let's move over to that, people. See you in a second.